HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. The following program has been brought to you by Rolling Press, a family-run, eco-friendly printing company. For more information, visit rollingpress.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Welcome back to The Speakeasy. I'm your host, Damon Bolte. This has been a pretty crazy week. Um, a lot of things have been happening. There was the Kentucky Derby, which I you know, I always say that I only gamble with my life and not with my money. Um, but if I would have gambled with my actual money, I would have won because my horse totally finished first. And, uh, you know, it's growing up uh, doing classic cars and motorcycles. Uh, California Chrome seemed to be the, the right choice. Um, then also... We've got the Manhattan Cocktail Classic coming up all this week uh, and weekend. A little bit spilling into next week, so that's going to be really cool. And then uh, Monday night, this uh, just two nights ago, was the James Beard Awards, where two of my favorite bars were both in the running for best bar program. And I, you know, personally, I couldn't have picked one or the other over the other. Um, uh, but I am really proud of both of them for being nominated, and I'm very happy to have in the studio today a couple of my friends who actually work at The Nomad and were very instrumental in making that choice the choice that they made. So congratulations to The Nomad in New York City. And today in the studio we have Jessica Gonzalez, and then uh, soon, she's running a little bit behind, but we have uh, head bartender Karen Fu. So welcome to the show, Jessica. Hello. How, how do you feel about the uh, the accolade? Um, it's pretty awesome. We were nominated last year, and right. um, uh, I was still the head bartender at that time. I went through this previous year. I just left about a month ago as the head bartender there, and um, so I still feel very much part of the family and um it was a huge it's a huge deal um i feel like the company has kind of gotten very acquainted with winning these awards you know 11 madison park right has uh as won several Mm -hmm. um but nomad is just it's just such a it's been growing so much and doing so well and 
And it's not just the bar, but the restaurant itself is just, it's just constantly pushing and really trying to um, achieve more every day. Yeah. I think, I remember when you guys were nominated last year, and I was I was really gunning for you guys then, too. Um, what's cool about, just to, like, kind of uh, shoot off a little bit here, um, I don't know, like, all these awards, like, I actually, Leo and I both got the uh, Starships Awards a few uh, years yeah. ago. That's actually how I met him. Um, and uh, he's just been pulling awards. I thought it was straight. He was hitting on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, like, I, that's where I first met him. And, like, then then I, I had never been to 11 Madison Park at the time. So then I've been a couple of times since then. And then the Nomad opened, which it's only been open for... Like two, three two years. Two years. Yeah. Two years. Wow. Um, we just hit our two-year mark. That's crazy. Um, yeah. Like two months, like a month ago was uh, the two-year mark. Um, but it opened with such uh, fanfare and so many people were interested in what that was going to happen there. Um, and it lived up to expectations. And I think it exceeded expectations. And what goes on behind that bar, I've worked in a lot of bars. You know, I've been in this <laughs> industry a long time and uh, I have never worked in a place where you have to use every single set of your skills. And that is that bar. Every single set of your skills. Cause you're serving somebody a fine dining dinner with wine and doing wine pairings. And you're also three deep oh, man. with making uh, dirty martinis, cosmos and vodka sodas. So you, and then you're making high end cocktails and there's like everything is embodied into one experience and you're doing it at a at a fast pace yeah so it's like moving fast getting it all done <laughs> you know like oh man that's yeah I, anybody I, who can work there they can work anywhere yeah i was gonna say like i i never really thought of it that way um because normally you know like yeah i mean like you're doing the vodka soda drinkers the cosmo drinkers but then you're doing the high end then like well, the classic cocktails, and then the, yeah. the custom cocktails, and then you're doing the food service too, and it's like, and it kind of gets clubby at night too. So it it's does. like, it's, there's a lot of moments where you're like, I you're don't like, even is... feel like I work in a cocktail bar at all. Yeah, but it's this the the whole ethos of of the um, of the company, it's different than your Death and Co. Where it's like, this is what we are. Come here for this. Yeah. Sorry, we don't do that. Um, it's everything at Nomad. And at 11 Madison Park, there is no no. Yeah. That word does not exist. So you really need to um, have something for everybody. Yeah. At the same time, like, you have to control some crazy people, but you know, oh, <laughs> there's always crazy people. There's always crazy people, that's for sure. Oh, man. I Yeah, I was just thinking, like, you have to, like, you have to, like, tap into every, like, one of your, like, basically you go through your resume and you're like, okay, this is... This job I'm doing right now, this job that I did, I'm doing now. Yeah. You know, it's like that's crazy. It's weird to think about. It is a little bit. Um, you know, they trained me over at Eleven Madison Park before I went there, which I thought I was going to go into that and kind of know what was up because mm -hmm. I thought I, I knew what was up. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got there and I was like, "Oh shit, this kind of service I've never done anything like this." But. Um, you know, that helped a lot, understanding the company, and um, and then, you know, cracking the whip on everybody to kind of uh, get in line with the company that came on board, and we just had, we had, it's like, 
uh, Brian Miller would always call like Nomad, be- or I mean, Death and Co. being the Yankees. I kind of felt like I had like a new Yankees team because I had so many awesome people that just were so passionate, and maybe they didn't maybe they didn't know how to stir when they first got there, but, but they, they were into it. They were so passionate, and like everybody, everybody works so hard to get that place where it is. Yeah. And it, it's, it's uh, kind of remarkable to see people that passionate, you know, and everyone being that passionate. You know, I was just thinking, like, as you're saying that, you know, you, when you're wearing all these different hats, like, service-wise, and especially, like, high volume, it, like, I kind of, I don't know, it's hard for me to imagine, like, being behind the bar and achieving really great, like, personal, like, customer service in a high-volume situation. Do you find that like, like it's, it's it's definitely difficult. there's you moments juggle, where it's right? very challenging and um, sometimes you have to try and ask the people behind them to stop leaning on them <laughs> <laughs> you know like please get off of them <laughs> um, stop or, waving money at me stop waving it could money be at a me a one dollar bill or I, your like, hundred dollar bill I would like you're always trying <laughs> to push the them to one side like you've got two people at the bar yeah. come over here no you have to order over here come over to this side of the bar come over to this side but. Um, I like the actual audio effect from you walking away from the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> that really, uh, that really nailed it. <laughs> Come over here. Um, I'm over here now. <laughs> but yeah, the um, it becomes a little bit challenging because you want to give everybody this amazing experience. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, it happens. Yeah. There have been moments where I've been like, "Oh my god, these people are paying like." A lot of money. They just spent like $72 on a chicken for two and like a really nice bottle of wine and got Coravin and like cocktails and they're, they're bawling out. Mm-hmm. And, and then you have these people around them yelling in their ears and you're like, oh. Yo, bro. Please. Yo, bro. Please don't three, do that. To three bucket cranberries. <laughs> <You know>? like, <laughs> but generally speaking, um, people are very understanding and really awesome guests when they uh, appreciate what you're doing. They, they tend to be understanding about the environment too. It's, it's, It's you know, if you're in the bar room at a, it doesn't matter like how like nice or high end of a place. There are certain things about like being a good customer that you have to, you have to understand, you know, you have to, first of all, being, being a good customer, you don't like yell over like somebody sitting there <laughs> having a chicken for two and a bottle of wine. They're clearly like having a nice date, you know. Right, and, like, right. Yeah, it's it's responsibility falls on the customers as well, and it's like if you, it goes in so many ways. But if you are sitting at, if you are that customer sitting at the bar having dinner there, it's like you you didn't go to a table, <laughs> you came to the bar, so you have to expect it. It's going to be rowdier a little bit you know yeah, a little bit you know. um jeff tascarella who's the gm at nomad he he once described it as vodka soda zombies <laughs> they just come at you with their uh, vodka soda. <laughs> and uh, i always that's thought awesome. that was like, like that's perfect that's exactly what that's it exactly is. what it is <laughs> like with soggy dollar bills like, <laughs> yeah. that's Oh, man. I wish I hadn't heard that because I'm going to start using that now. <laughs> yeah, I know. As soon as I heard it, I had to start using it, too. <laughs> that's awesome. But that's what... They're actually opening another bar adjoining uh, Nomad. There's going to be another bar. It's going to be um, more focused on the cocktails and being a bar. 
and they're going to try and keep the Nomad Bar a little bit more low-key and sitting and dining. It's going to have a different menu at the other bar of um, slightly more, like, um, bar-oriented, but still elevated, for sure. Like, what they're doing with the food over there is going to be really cool, too. Nice. But it'll be, it's a separate kitchen, and I think it's going to alleviate some of that. Yeah. And uh, kind of... Push people like, oh, if you're looking for that, you can go over here and just like yeah, drink and stand and, you know, get a table of people like having like a communal cocktail type yeah. environment. Yeah. Totally. Um, so I'm excited to see it. I have, I'm excited to see what happens over there. Yeah, man. I, you know, I, it, the, place is the, the place is only two years old. So yeah, you I think know. about that in the timeline of a bar and a restaurant. It's like... Yeah, expansion always happens, you know, and so that's great. I mean, like, it's really exciting to see, like, you know, even thinking about what's going to happen even after that other bar opens, you know, because we haven't even talked about the library yet. I oh, mean, the, library the library. Sweet. The library is pretty sweet. Yeah, I, you know. That's about I, to turn into for hotel guests only. Yeah, I mean, that's, so, that's pretty baller. Hey, uh, all of you radio listeners. You should probably get there soon because <laughs> it's about to, unless you want to get a hotel room. <laughs> the rooms are really nice, but I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go to a commercial break. And then when we get back, we'll continue talking about the Nomad winners of the 2014 Bar Program Award. Was that an applause? I think Jack's finding the applause button. <laughs> Sweet. That was perfect. That was awesome. All right, we'll be back in just a few. Today's program was brought to you by Rolling Press. Rolling Press is a family-run digital and offset print house that brings together eco-friendly methods, ethical practices, and personalized service. Using environmentally responsible papers, non-toxic inks, and wind power, Rolling Press represents the harmony of traditional craftsmanship and mindful sustainability. Rolling Press offers advice on reducing paper waste and energy consumption, helping you save money and minimize your carbon footprint. For more information, visit rollingpress.com. And we are back. You're listening to the Speakeasy. In the studio today, we have the winners of the recent Bar Program Award for the James Beard Awards, uh, The Nomad in New York City. And before the break, we were talking about, well, we were talking, it's probably going to get kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about the library at The Nomad. Um, 
and then we started talking about the room. So we're just gonna we're gonna switch gears now. <laughs> um, so um, the rooms are those beds are awesome. I gotta yeah. say, most of the times that I've been in the rooms, the bathtubs are really have been. Too. <laughs> well, that's that's I think that's a personal experience moment. <laughs> um, for the most part, I've only stayed in the rooms like, oh, okay, I'm going to get three hours of sleep max if I stay here. So yeah. I think I should stay here. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You know, it's um the the idea of the it's it's one of the things that the Nomad really makes me think about is the the old school idea of like the hotel bar. It's like really bringing it back, but in more of like a modern way on the classic yeah, the concept, idea. Of the, the concept was so well thought through and they really considered a lot of different variables and really wanted to be that bridge between like uptown and downtown sort of even mentality. And they're in a neighborhood where there's really, they're bringing this neighborhood up. Yeah. Like putting that restaurant there is making this neighborhood cooler and it's just getting expensive and, um, and people are starting to buy up the spaces left, right and center. Like it's just, it, it makes sense, right? So here you are, you're, you're where other people want to be, and the neighborhood's changing. And it used to just be a lot of, like, wigs and... Like luggage. Like luggage and... Bodegas. You know, luggage bodegas. I still, <laughs> I still smell pot on the street whenever I'm walking to work, which is, That's because you know, I'm cool. usually, like, walking next to you. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes you'll smell it through, like, when they were doing construction, because you were getting air through the bar... Uh huh. Because um, there was like a hole through the bar. You would sometimes smell weed in the bar because they were smoking weed over at one of these shops, like on the street. You would actually, oh, weird. it would actually come through. And huh. I'm like, oh, someone's smoking weed out there. You can smell it. <laughs> <laughs> I used to smell weed at my bar, but it's because I work for the Franks. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a whole other thing. You guys are like, anybody, nobody can like be at the Nomad and. Yeah, like, smoke weed <laughs> doesn't work that well. I mean, work. there it's are probably some people vibe. that could do it, but I'm definitely not one of them. <laughs> I don't know if I could either. <laughs> it's like I would too, be so frightened. It's too freaking. Yeah. It would turn into the hotel from The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> I have to be at home on the couch. Wow. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like the old, the old school, like hotel bar. You know, I just had uh, last week. I had uh, Sean and Jack from the Dead Rabbit. You know, they worked at the uh, the uh, Merchant Hotel in Belfast. And right. It was, like, a very strong, like, very hardcore, like, bar program. But in this hotel, and, it's like, there's something really romantic about the the concept of the hotel bar. I mean... It- I agree. And um, I think there's a lot of things that make sense for the traveler going there and having it be an all-encompassing experience. Because... When you travel, yes, you want to see all of New York, but you also need to have a little bit of like comfort yeah. and relaxation. Otherwise, you're going to freak out. You're going to freak out, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess, I don't know, like with the the boutique hotels that are, that are out there. I mean, like, it's kind of started with the Standard in LA and then the Ace started popping up around. Yeah, but I don't feel like anyone's really gone. I don't think anyone's done it to the level yeah. that Nomad has done it. I yeah. really don't. I uh, I think that they've kind of like set a new bar. Yeah, they kind of like set raised a new bar. it. Yeah, oh, 
Jack, that's going in the quotes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, no, but you're absolutely right. I mean, and it's got it has all the elements, and it's I don't know. It's a really romantic place, you know. It like, is the the look and the feel, and it's, it's like the texture of it and everything. It just like you walk in and you feel slightly transported, and everything is tasty, and everything is like an experience being there. I I I'm. Very, I was very proud to be able to, like, be the head bartender there and, and like, um, have my guests experiencing this sort of thing. You know, you're you want to be able to give people as much as you can in the, in our profession, and yeah. it was like so cool that you're like, oh yeah, when they when people walk in, they're like, oh my god, and I'm like, yeah, I'm just back here working, but I get it. <laughs> <laughs> And then you get to do silencers with Jim Kearns every once in a while. Yes. I, they are enjoyable. <laughs> I worked with him at play recently. And like, uh, and I was just like, I love that that's a thing. I love the silencer. Yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan. I'm a big fan of the silencer. Especially it, at Nomad because the wine is so good. <laughs> you're doing like silencers <laughs> of like... Like no, <laughs> white burgundy. No, we, we we did the cheap stuff, but I mean it's a silence. Even the cheap stuff. It should still be really good. the cheap stuff still still but, works. <laughs> <laughs> Rosé on tap silencers, you know. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, for the listeners, a silencer is uh, Jim Kearns, who's been on the show several times. Uh, last time he was actually here talking about play the bar that you're referencing. Yeah. Um, the silencer is basically uh, a staff shot. It's not really a shot. It's more than a shot. It's more than a shot. It's a Helping, a generous a, helping, a generous helping of wine, of wine, white, the, white wine, rosé, something cold, something cold and fast. And you chug it, chug and you it. chug it fast. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like the wine equivalent to the um, shotgunning a beer, shotgunning a beer. Yeah, pretty, I was yeah. like, I had it, I had to like show you so that you could tell me how to say. <laughs> yeah, it. you did this gesture, and I was like, oh yeah, shotgunning a beer. <laughs> You could have been talking about anything. And I would have been like, oh, oh, that looks just like shotgun in a beer. <laughs> Dude, um, the, uh, oh man, Jim, kind of, he, he comes up with all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, uh, I'm, I'm really he's, glad. He's you know, awesome. Yeah, and just on that note, you know, it's been awesome, like, going in there and seeing so many of the city's, like, best bartenders behind the bar, you know? I know. I mean, I was so excited to have Jim come on board when he was, like, interested. I was like, uh, please? Please? Yes. Yeah. Um, and it was really awesome for a lot of the people that work there, because we have a lot of people that are newer to the whole experience, and um, were there to learn and grow and solidify themselves in New York. Mm-hmm. And for them, like, Jim Kearns is, like, such a rock star. And they're just like, oh, I get to Jim Kearns. Oh my God. You know? So that was really exciting. Same thing with like Dom Venegas and mm-hmm. like having these guys who are just sort of so well known and like you read about them and then you get to work with them and, yeah. you know, and learn from them. It's kind of a, um, you know, and Leo, of course. Yeah, and you yourself, know, but, of course. But like a, they, a lot of them already knew Leo from um, being down at Tails because a lot of people came from the CAP program. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. The uh, the that was a nice tra- thing. Like, yeah. can you imagine Leo? He's like, oh, I have like all of these people that I know 
<laughs> that I can pull from like, oh, you were a really good worker and you're really cool and I like you. I want to bring you on. Yeah. So and then it, it's like um, you don't need their resume and judge them from the resume. You're that's, actually judging them because you hung out with them and work with them. I think in this industry, that's what everyone should kind of aspire to like be someone where you don't need a resume anymore. Yeah. I think that's just it, in general in life. It's like you work to a point where you work really hard and you're known for your work and then you don't have to have a resume anymore. Yeah. Right. I finally feel like I might be a kind of in that place. I, I think you are. I might be in that place. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, I know. Cause I, I have fashioned many a resume <laughs> in my life. <laughs> Every once in a while, you know, you're supposed to, like, even if you're not looking for another job, you go and, like, update it just for, like, different accolades or, like, like different kinds of, like, right. training programs and things that you go through. And, like, I go through and I, I'm like, I should probably, I'm like, you know, I've got nothing. I've done my laundry and <laughs> I've had lunch and, you know, I'm all cut up on Game of Thrones. So <laughs> I got nothing else to do now. So maybe I'll... Maybe I'll update my resume, and then I open up the file on my computer, and I'm like, hey, this sucks. I'm going to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. it's like, yeah. I actually had a really good one, because I was in interior design mm -hmm. for a while. Like, that's why I was at Death & Co. It was like, I was uh, trying to pursue that, and like, going to school for that. Um, and... Uh, I had a I have such an awesome layout for a resume. I'm like really proud of the layout that I created. But no one's ever gonna see it. No one's ever gonna see it. <laughs> I'm like, God, that looks good. God, that's sexy. Man, I really that really is such nailed a it. sexy fucking resume. <laughs> Pardon my language. I don't know if that's okay. a problem or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's, uh, oh, here's Keifu. Oh hi. Oh hi. Okay. <laughs> We're just talking about sexy resumes. Oh. <laughs> well, speaking of sexy, hello, Aww. sexy. Come on. Hi, mom. There. Come on. Hi. Hi, Grab a microphone. It's some headphones. Okay. <laughs> so we've been talking about the Nomad, and congratulations again, by the way. Can you hear? Thank you. I can't hear <laughs> out of this, but maybe try that one. <laughs> awesome. Can you hear? Yeah, I can. All right. All right. So Ooh. congrats. Thank again. you. We've been talking all about the Nomad. We got into a conversation about uh, hotel bars and the romantic uh, nature of them and how this one's really going above and beyond. And uh, yeah, now you're here. So what's going on? <laughs> um, a lot of exciting, thrilling things. Um, I agree with the old hotel aspect. Um, there's a kind of like what I like to think of like opulent New York going on at the Nomad. Um, it's very much a culture. I do think some guests feel intimidated, but once they're in, it's it's high ceilings, dark mahogany wood. Um, we offer a lot of the best of everything. So um, it's always fascinating to see guests and visitors kind of roam around. And I'm currently reading Up in the Old Hotel by Joseph Mitchell. And there's very much still a romanticized uh perspective about all this and it still exists in new york so yeah yay, nice. yay. <laughs> we haven't even talked about the the style of cocktails like what would what would you say is the like quintessential like style of cocktail like what what makes like a nomad cocktail um we i th think stick to a lot of the old 
classics. Um, and our proprietary renditions are variations of them um, with, you know, one or two aspects of savory or innovation. But because we are high volume, um, keeping that in mind, we do use a lot of syrups, but have to be able to consistently churn those out. So um, while it is hotel prices, we do get a lot of people who order the classic Manhattan old fashioned and we offer the high quality of them all um, and are able to run a good range of the citrusy tart refreshing versus spirit forward. And a lot of people are more open to the spurious cocktails there. Um, but we can do huge cocktail explosions for big parties and groups um, that yeah, it's kind of astounding to see. It's so fun. We, have fun. Fruit, we have a lot of fun with them. <laughs> pebble ice, yeah. Um, I gotta, I'll give props out to John Armstrong for the cocktail explosion master. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and it's it's become a thing now, so uh, not to give too much away, but with the expansion, we it will be its own category. Yeah, I, I mentioned it earlier, actually. I was awesome. like, yeah. <laughs> next door. <laughs> Yeah. Large format cocktails. Gonna, large format cocktails? <laughs> yeah. Everyone gets a punch bowl. Yes. S- single serving punch single bowl. Single serving punch. It's, it's a cocktail style. Vessel. You gotta pick it up and, and, and drink it like ogre. You should like, have one served in like, a pig head. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's above and beyond tiki. It's, it's just the magnitude of the cocktail just drops on the table and everyone goes crazy. That's awesome. It's kind yeah. of like the Grand Plateau yeah. of cocktails. Sweet. That's not a bad idea. You could use like the plateau, like the dishes that they put the ice in. Yeah. <laughs> like a flat punch bowl with a bunch of straws and then stack. Ooh, I like this. All right, we got to talk about this after the show. Um, that, that's for um, behind the scenes talk. <laughs> got it. Got it. Done. Um, well, you mentioned that a lot of, you know, like, there are a lot of like stirred, like kind of boozier cocktails. Mm-hmm. Do you find that that's. Because I, I do. I think it's very unique for uh, most hotel yeah. bars. I think um, from a bartender's perspective or perhaps craft bartender perspective, I find it pretty refreshing. And maybe it's the sheer fact that um, our demographic may come in after work, um, really take in the hotel atmosphere and just right away like ask for an old-fashioned. So, yeah, um, there's definitely a great um, mix of people that come in, and mm-hmm. there's all types I like think, all types of people, but I think there's enough. Makes sense. There's a there's a stirred and boozy crowd that comes in, and um, and there's a cocktail crowd that comes in. Uh, it's not that that's the only crowd, mm-hmm. but um, it be, makes it almost exciting when you do have them come in because you're like, yes, yeah. you're here for the cocktails, awesome. And it, you'll get you get regulars, you get yeah. the whole you know the gamut of a bar, but and because um, we do have certain syrups that supply a good savory quality to them. We also use a lot of Amaro and Sherry. Um, so it, they don't involve infusions or more complex syrup making. Um, so that's also refreshing too. We can introduce people to, you know, the hair trigger, which is based off for net bronca or a cocktail with three different kinds of Sherry to someone who's never had Sherry. That's awesome. How do you, how do you, what's the gateway for those people? Like, I always think that, like, especially, like, stronger, like, bitters, like, uh, Fernet or, like, Sherry, 
uh, even chartreuse to a certain extent. Yeah. They're like sometimes like people aren't as adventurous with those flavors and they wouldn't go for them, but like you have to have a gateway. Yeah, there's always there's always several of those. I think an ingredient you know that like leads them in. You kind of trick them into drinking. I think um, we have a good aperitif section. So if there is time to point that out to a guest, I'll point it out, and or just by appearance, um, cobbler with pebble ice, or the hair trigger is dark with dark maroon with uh, mint plush and cucumber. Yeah, there's always like, okay, Mint warning, this drink might just not be about cucumber. <laughs> you should probably reconsider your drink if you don't like these flavors. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's, I mean, mint and cucumber. It's really funny hearing my voice. <laughs> yeah, there's some nice echo in Resonance Go. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think there's there's a, uh, a definitely, I know there's a way to get people to drink uh, those ingredients. It's just always interesting to hear like what these uh, almost like like keywords and like key ingredients are that like it's like oh it has watermelon in it that's cool but then it also has sherry and like chiocharo amaro you know it's yeah like, right, right we had that I drink like the cardinal that had like five sherries or five amaros by Gino and it ultimately ended up tasting like bitter watermelon. That was a good drink. I that like was a that great drink. drink. <laughs> <laughs> I want that right now. Yeah, it's actually. I was just thinking the same thing. I was like, "Oh, that sounds lovely." <laughs> <laughs> but it's it, no, like the way we're talking about it right now. It kind of sounds like evil trickery, but it's it's, <laughs> it's really like you know, like when like we were talking before, like it'll get very high volume and kind of on the like borderline like clubby in there, but mm-hmm. like. When you don't have time to like talk your guests through uh, like a bartender's choice and like you know have that conversation yeah. with them, it's like oh, you should totally have this one, man. I think it yeah, I love it. it. And I then, think people, then you turn them on to something new. They'll kind of have roving eyes and suddenly see a bartender make four shaken, four stirred, and are suddenly uh, pique their interest. And so that is one part of it. Another maybe. Um, people who have sat in the dining room and then every room in that restaurant carries its own curated experience. So um, it's very transient, I think. Yeah. It becomes a little bit, I think, of like reading your guest and yes. and taking like one or two words that you can get from them in that moment and like totally judging them based upon the yeah. way they look, what they just said, and like it's judgment I will judge you and give you a drink. It's an absolute because like, I don't have time. I don't have time to like spend. You know, like being at Death and Co yeah. or PDT, mm-hmm. where you have time to like talk to yeah. them <laughs> about the drink. Oh, let's talk about this. I don't have time to talk to you that much because I've got other people waving at me right now. Yeah. <laughs> so um, let's get this done expediently and like. I kind of like that aspect it's about fun. working it there be because really it's fun. almost it can be everything all at once. You have diners with like full course out um, meal in front of you, guests standing who just want maybe a pilsner or a pinot noir. You can tell right away who they are, <laughs> and then the people who might take the time to like ask a question or or like wide eyed right. gaze. The worst is when you're like, okay, I'm ready to take your. Order. I've got like two other orders here. I mean, this guy looks like a Pinot Noir or a yeah. Pilsner guy, and then he orders five cocktails, and they're yeah. all different. And you're like, 
shit. <laughs> yeah. They're like, damn it. I totally didn't think that's what you were going <laughs> um, But it catches you by surprise. And then yeah. in the end, in hindsight, you're like, that's awesome. So. Yeah, it's, it's hard to judge even positively sometimes, you know? Yeah. Like, ah, you get caught. And yeah. then, like, person, like, especially industry people, a lot of times, like, when they'll come in, it's like, like, Sam Ross comes into my bar, and he, you know, I feel bad because he orders, you know, a Pilsner. <laughs> I'm like, you don't like my cocktails? But he's like, I just gotta work, man. I just want a beer. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah exactly. I understand that. Sam you know? Ross is totally like that, too. I, I've, I've experienced, like, I've, I've felt the same way at moments where I've been like, but you're at my bar. Don't you want a cocktail? It's like, no. <laughs> or no, a drink with no more than three ingredients, like a classic Negroni. He gets yeah. a lot of Negronis, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've definitely had beers at at Death and Company. Oh, but, absolutely. But it wasn't because I didn't want the cocktails. I wanted to see my friends behind the bar. Exactly. Yeah. Or my friends. Just, or like, something I do the same thing. Like, I, I'm sometimes just like, I'm sorry. I know you guys, like, have this awesome cocktail list, but God damn it, I just... I've been tasting cocktails like yeah. crazy. Yeah. Just want something bubbly. The last thing I want is a cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just uh, judging the uh, World Spirits competition at in Las Vegas a couple weeks ago. And, you know, you taste through... It's true. You, like... Tasted through like 200 uh, spirits in a day, and uh, we were all just like, let's go to the fucking nearest bar and get so much beer. Like, <laughs> you'd think you wouldn't want to drink after all that, beer. but we're just like, dude, I just want a Pilsner. I, I'll take a Stella. I don't care. Or but just a little Fernet. That's all it takes. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Sometimes it's yeah, just straight it's true. going for the beer. Yeah, yeah. I. Slam it down. I totally understand because it's it's a it, beer. It, that's what beer is there for. Yeah, it's, it's, a refre- man's it's drink. A, to refresh yeah. you. It's to make you just like feel better. You just need a little like, oh, okay, it's not. It's, it's gonna be okay. Lack of <laughs> beer is not made to be pretentious. No, not at all. Yeah, I think it's been starting to become that, and I'm just like, no, no, no pretension with my no. beer. Bad Give beer. Me a beer. <laughs> Give me a big stein of it. <laughs> Although I appreciate the pretentious shit, I still, when I go into a bar, I got to admit, I just still am like, this is what I want. Can you just give me what I want? And I totally get it when people come in and they're just like, can I get a beer? Yeah. Like, absolutely. I get it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like no frills or give me whiskey neat. That's it. There you go. Well, I can't wait to go to the Nomad and drink a bunch of beer and whiskey neat. <laughs> actually, we can just do that here right now. Hey, <laughs> I think we should, because we're actually at the end of the show. So I want to thank you again for coming on the radio today, even though you got here a little late, Karen. I, I was behind a school bus. So. <laughs> That's okay. But uh, Karen and Jessica from the Nomad, uh, congratulations again. It's a huge honor that you guys just received this week, and uh, I'm very, very proud of you. Thank you, Damon. I love you, Damon. I love you. I love you, Damon. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go get that beer. That's it for the Speakeasy this week. Check (laughs) in next week. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website, or as podcasts in the iTunes Store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. 
To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.